Welcome to the Gymnastics Mindset Academy podcast, where we help gymnastics coaches and parents develop happy, healthy gymnasts who know how to win. Let's get started. Welcome everybody to this week's episode. We are so excited to have a special guest. Uh, We have Carrie Bear here with us and we have really been following her a ton on social media. Um, She talks all about gymnastics. Uh, That word was weird. Gymnastics (laughs) nutrition. And uh, we've just been fascinated with the things that she's been posting and kind of even the crossover between fueling your mental health and fueling your physical health with nutrition. And so it's been a long time awaiting, a long time of coming to have her here on this podcast. So super excited. Um, welcome, Carrie. And can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about um, your, uh, is, it, is it coaching nutrition or mostly like teaching nutrition or is it both? Yeah. So thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, like you said, my name is Carrie and I am a registered dietitian. So growing up, like so many people in the gymnastics world, I too was a gymnast uh, all throughout club, in college. I even coached gymnastics for a while. Um, and as a kid, right, I always loved food and I had an interest in nutrition. I kind of saw some of the, the benefits that fueling your body had for performance and then some of the, the downfalls when you weren't quite fueled. Um, but I really was curious and I wanted to learn more, which, which brought me into the nutrition space. Um, and, you know, as I learned about nutrition and with everything going on in the gymnastics world over, I guess it's been more than five years now that it's kind of been public, it really kind of called me back to the sport. You know, I, I retired, I medically retired from college gymnastics, my junior year of college. Um, and I kind of stepped away for a while and it, it pulled me with everything that was coming out. It pulled me to come back to the sport. Um, there was so much talk out there and none of it surprised me, but I knew it needed to be different. Um, and in the gymnastics world, There's a lot of self-proclaimed nutritionists and nutrition experts and diet experts. And and the the culture and the conversation has always been about, you know, a certain look and staying small and, you know, eating less and and versus fueling and fueling for performance. And at the same time, right, we've seen where that's led us. It's led us to the world of eating disorders and abuse and injuries galore. Um, and it doesn't have to be like that. There's, there's a whole field of sports nutrition and a whole research pool of nutrition information out there. And for so long, it was just never applied to gymnasts that for some reason, the sport was different or unique or special that these laws didn't apply. Um, when in reality they do, um, and we've really started to see in other sports that have implemented more sound nutrition, um, practices, the, just the the benefits, the physical health, the mental health, the performance boosts that you can get by implementing sound nutrition practices that gymnastics so badly needed. So it kind of, I kind of had that moment where, you know, if not me, then who, right? Who is this, is this sport still going to be having the same conversations, recycling the same diet messages, you know, the same harmful messages until somebody steps in. So that's kind of what brought me to the space and, and brought me back here. Very similar stories for sure. And so Carrie, what, um, in your program, are you doing a lot of like one-on-one coaching with them? Do you do like teaching classes? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I firmly believe that this all starts with education and sound education, making sure that gymnasts and their families and the community as a whole really knows and understands fueling basics, what it means, what it looks like. So a lot of what I do is, is education based and with the goal of preventing 
issues, whether it's injury issues, whether it's disordered eating issues, um, or just not reaching your peak performance challenges. Um, so I do one-on-one, um, I do a lot of one-on-one nutrition coaching. I do uh, a group program, which is very education focused with a bit of a, a coaching component. And I do team uh, education. So uh, workshops and, and lectures for gyms and parents and coaches and teams, uh, both in person near where I live and virtually. So. Awesome. That's really, really awesome. We, yeah, it sounds like we have a lot of similar uh, paths and uh, things going on in our experiences of doing gymnastics and coaching gymnastics and uh, being in that world and really coming out of it in a way of like, okay, now how can I help? And I think that's really great. Yeah, 100%. I remember being, you know, I was uh, really into following the elite gymnastics world for the years that I was out of the gymnastics world. And I did a lot of blogging. And so I went to all the things and listened all the time. And I just remember being like shocked that the, you know, there wasn't like a nutritionist at the national team who personally worked with every single athlete and helped them develop a a nutrition plan. Like, I just was like, of course they have that, like, uh, of course. And so then as I began to learn more in that world, um, you know, I just think that's really, it's an interesting thing in the gymnastics world. I think as coaches, I don't know if it's a, if it's like, they don't think parents want to pay for it or parents say they don't want to pay for it or what it is, but like coaches feel like they have to be they have to provide all the things that their gymnast might possibly need for competition themselves as the gymnastics coach. And it's so unfortunate because gymnastics coaches can't be all the things like I was looking the other day for this old t-shirt that I remember having, and it was like hairstylist, a taxi driver that it was kind of similar to like a mom shirt, but it was a gymnastics coach shirt. And it was like all the different roles that the gymnastics coach played. And, and it's kind of like that's something coaches. And, and I remember priding ourselves on is like, we can do all the things, but like, we can't actually do all the things because it's impossible to be educated and, um, a professional in all of the things, you know? And so, you know, we have, um, in a similar path with mindset, like there's just so much psychology research out there now about childhood development and how that happens and development of the brain and how to create emotional and mental maturity. Um, and like, how in the world would a gymnastics coach have time to learn and research and be educated in all of that and plan out, you know, all of workout and then actually do gymnastics workout, which is very time consuming, go to meets, you know, all of the things. Then the same thing with nutrition, like your gymnasts have to be fueled, but how in the world would you as a coach or a parent expect to be able to be that? And so I just, I don't know. I think that's one of my hopes is that we can help take that stigma off of coaches that they need to be all things to their gymnasts and instead really embrace the idea of, of continuing to rely more on people who are educated in the fields and the areas that, um, gymnasts need like nutrition. Yeah. Well, for, for so long, I've seen a nice experience that as an athlete as well. I mean, our coach was exactly like you were saying, he was the gymnastics coach. He was the strength coach. He was, you know, putting together the, the workouts, like ever, you know, he was taping the ankles. It was, it was everything and, and saying he did the best he could. You know, I, I grew up with a good relationship with my coach, but, um, you know, now that I, you know, as I look back and, and not in a negative way, but of, of the way that things could have been different and with all the, people in this space, I think for so long, right, without the internet, there weren't these networks and these connections. And if you were lucky to be connected with, say, a physical therapist, you know, it was maybe who was covered by your insurance and are they sports focused or are they just, you know, treating you the same way as they're treating the, your, the elderly patient with the broken hip? Uh, you know, are they clearing you to walk or are they clearing you to do floor? It's, you know, there for so long there there wasn't even 
a gymnastics specialty. Like, you know, people knew about football or they knew about basketball or soccer, uh, but gymnastics was so foreign unless you've been in it. And, and now I think we're, we're seeing this whole generation of athletes saying, you know, I love this sport and I, I want to make it better um, in a way that I don't have to physically be in the gym or be a coach, but I can go out and apply and, and gain an expertise. You know, I'm, you're seeing it so much in the mental side and in the physical therapy space and in the strength training space um, of, okay, now how can we apply this for gymnastics? And I think nutrition was one of the last pieces to come into that space. Yeah. So what are some of the main, um, like if you, if you thought of like, okay, you've, you've got five minutes in front of a, a group of coaches, a group of gymnastics coaches, like what are some of the main things that you would want them to know about nutrition for competition? This month we're talking about competing with confidence. And, um, you know, I think there's so many, um, I don't know. I, I mean, even just as a coach, like competition days are crazy busy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like fueling yourself on a normal day is difficult. Feeling yourself on competition day when the only food around is like nachos at the concession stand is even more complicated. And so what are some of the main things that you would say to a coach about helping their gymnasts be fueled for uh, confidence and competition? Yeah, absolutely. So two kind of main things come to my mind. First of all, same as gymnastics, you are not going to, you can't expect to be perfect on competition day if you've never practiced. So meet day is not the first time that you need to be thinking about this uh, from either end of the spectrum, whether it's um, putting a little bit more emphasis on balancing your plate or fueling your body and, and getting the nutrients in you need, or on like a, you know, we, we tend to see on a restrictive side or a, a clean eating side, right? girls or, or even male gymnasts don't want to eat before a competition because they don't want to look a certain way in their leotard or in front of the judge, or they think, you know, if they eat something that they're, they're not going to look as good or right. The, the day of the meet is not the first time you need to be practicing this. This is a conversation that needs to happen all year long, um, to, to basically get the basics down. Um, because if you have the basics down and you've got a plan and you know what you're doing and you know what works best for you and makes you feel the best and have the best energy, then fueling on the meat day is not going to be a big deal. You don't have to worry as much about, you know, is this food going to upset my stomach or what should I put in my gym bag or what should I eat before? Or what should I eat after? If you've practiced that for training, then um, you've got it down. So I think that's the biggest thing. The day before the meet is not the, the time to, to think of it for the first time. Um, and then I guess I alluded to my second point is our goal is always to fuel for performance. Right? As a dietitian, uh, my goal is not to be restrictive or, or feel like you need to be restrictive in any sort of way. Um, and for so long, I feel like nutrition and gymnastics has been all about achieving a look or looking like a high level athlete. And most of the time that's at the expense of performance, uh, physical, mental well-being. Um, and you're not going to compete at your best if you're trying to manipulate your, your diet to, in a way that you think someone else wants you to eat or is going to make you look a certain way. Um, so I think those two things are probably the most important reminders that, you know, it's fueling for performance first, and then we've got to practice this. Yeah. I love that you brought up the practicing this. I feel like um, we also find ourselves in this situation a lot where it's like mid season or right before state meet and like, we get contacted and are like, we need to learn how to do this skill right now and manage this. And we're like, I mean, can I give you a few things that are going to help you in the moment right now? Sure. But like, really the idea is that you are working on your mindset all year to practice that because 
then you're going to know what to do when you get to a meet because you haven't practiced this whole managing your emotions or processing your emotions or finding the right thought or whatever it is in the moment. Like if you haven't practiced those things, then in a meet situation where you're like having a lot of those, it's not just like magic where it's going to happen. And eating clean one day isn't just like magic where you're all of a sudden (laughs) going to like look like exactly how you want to and perform how you want to, or whatever it is. Like it is, and we all like to think that's what's going to happen. Like we like quick fixes and we like those things. And it's not necessarily intentional, but I'm like, it's like someone too, like come in and be like, um, my athlete has a meet next week and they need to be way stronger. Well, in like one week, I'm not going to build that muscle tissue. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. That's going to not happen. And so, um, I love that yeah. you brought up the whole practicing before. Oh yeah. This time of year I get, you wouldn't believe the number of messages from gymnasts and parents uh, asking, what should I eat? I've got to meet tomorrow or I've got to meet this weekend. <laughs> what should I eat before? And it's like, well, first of all, I know nothing about you. Right? <laughs> I, I know nothing about how your body works or your stomach works. And, <laughs> and like, you, do you really think that the day of a meet is the day to be trying something new? I always ask them that, like, would you just make up your floor routine in the car on the way to meet? <laughs> Unlikely, right? You're no, you're going to do what you've practiced for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, nutrition really should be the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, for sure. We always talk about that, that, um, we talk about it all year long of like, um, you know, waiting to, train your gymnasts on how to deal with their mind and their emotions until after they're in crisis is like waiting to begin to teach them strength and flexibility after they're injured. You know, like it will be, you know, like most people don't try something new until they're in crisis. And so it's normal human behavior. It's exactly how humans behave all the time. So it's not surprising or something to induce shame, but the more that we can help people understand that, that like waiting until the crisis has come, waiting until the meat has come. And all of a sudden you find that you don't have enough energy to get through the day. Waiting until that is always, um, it is what's going to motivate you to be able to do something about it, but it's not probably going to bring a change in time to deal with that crisis. Um, Exactly. And I mean, for so long, that was, I'm sure it's the same in the mental space, but with nutrition, like even when I was a gymnast, if you got referred to a dietitian, like in college, it was because you were diagnosed with an eating disorder or the coaches thought you had a weight problem or you were severely injured. Like it was, there was already a, a, a major issue or what the coaches viewed as a major issue when in the reality is if we had prioritized this beforehand, you know, not saying we're going to prevent every issue. Um, but a lot of the stuff we see that we kind of just associate with gymnastics, whether it is the high rate of injury, the high rate of burnout, the, even the disordered eating history, a lot of that could really be prevented or avoided just by learning and, and prioritizing a few things before it becomes an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we bring it up as like, like, just like warm up or cool down stretch, like literally like a five minute over splits at the end of practice. Like if we just prioritized it, even like that, like a five minutes of, you know, planning our planning ahead for our meals or like doing a quick mindset tool or doing whatever, like it doesn't necessarily have to be like this big overwhelming thing, but just like including it in daily practice, just like you include the, like we say all the time, everyone, it's like mental and physical, like the percentage, I don't know, people are like, it's this much mental and this much physical, but then we like really only focus on one piece of that, which is the physical gymnastics part. And then there's all the other pieces that we tend to not practice every day, which makes a difference. I mean, the reason our gymnastics gets better every day is because we do it every day. So. Okay. What are some of the basics that you recommend to coaches to start with, to start thinking about as they talk about food, as they talk about nutrition with their, with their gymnasts? 
Um, well, I think like Ali mentioned before, we've got to keep in mind that this is really not the coach's role, right? The coach's role is not to talk about nutrition. Um, the role of the coach is in my mind to be the eyes and ears of trouble. Um, so whether it's hearing diet talk or hearing harmful language around the chalk bucket, um, or, you know, noticing that their gymnasts are coming in with foods that probably aren't going to be fueling them the best, or if they're just exhausted all the time, right? It's their, their job to be the eyes and ears first and foremost, um, and realizing that they're not an expert. Um, I think that is the most important piece as we move into this new era of coaches working with a team of professionals. Um, so that's probably the first thing I really want coaches to know. Um, it probably is in their wheelhouse just to set the precedent for especially the parents that this is an important piece of it, uh, just as important as getting your athlete to come to practice, showing up on time, encouraging them to get adequate sleep, right? Taking them to physical therapy when they need it. You know, this is, this is another component of being a gymnast parent, right? They're responsible for meals and snacks and all of that. Um, and not probably, you know, not in the way that a lot of people would take it. Like I said, um, the world of gymnastics and food and nutrition seems to be so disordered. Um, so I feel like a lot of times when I say prioritize, that means like, you know, healthy meals only, right? Fruits and vegetables and lean meats only and never a, a cookie and never a dessert and like keep your kids on a strict diet. And that is absolutely could not be the furthest from what I mean. But um, it means, you know, encouraging your athlete to eat a wide variety of food and having the conversations with them um, about, you know, how they're feeling and how their energy is and getting their athletes to under understand that this is an important piece of the puzzle, right? The coaches can even be having this conversation as well um, and not, you know, not as direct as like, you know, what I've heard so many times is like, oh, you had a cookie and now you're slow or right, you, you went to a birthday party and had pizza and cake and now you look bad and you're Leo, like not that type of connection, but, you know, helping them to understand like how they're feeling um, can be connected to the way that they're feeling and, and just having those conversations and, and helping gymnasts to understand that this is a well-rounded approach. Um, and the goal is to be fueling their body in a way that feels best for them. Um, so I think the second piece, especially for coaches, is that they probably do need to understand a little bit of the basics to be able to help um, guide, whether it's athletes or parents, in the right direction if they're hearing a ton of misinformation. Because so often where we're getting nutrition information, whether it's social media, it's other parents, it's other gymnasts, it's friends at school, a lot of it is, is misinformation or it's not going to be helpful for someone training 15, 20, 30 hours a week. So understanding that gymnasts are going to need to eat a lot of food. Um, they're going to need to eat often that, um, unless there's a medical reason not to that all types of foods should be included, right? All five of the food groups, especially things like grains and starches that get such a bad reputation, right? These are a backbone of a gymnast diet. Um, so just kind of understanding what these basics are that our gymnasts are going to be eating a lot of food and they're going to be eating a variety of food and they're going to be eating often. Um, so those are some of the cornerstones that I think are, are really important for coaches just to be able to ask the right questions and, you know, be able to pick up on the red flags. We love to get into some of the science behind things here. <laughs> um, and so as you think about, like, I mean, most coaches, what they know about nutrition is what they were taught as gymnasts about nutrition, right? Maybe some coaches have done more research and parents too. We have parents listening to us. 
on this podcast, but most know just kind of what they've been told as, as they were, you know, um, performing as gymnasts. And so what do you think a couple, I mean, you've, you've mentioned about like not restricting, but even just in terms of like some of the science behind like how it works, because there's so much of the like needing to be light in order to do the skills of gymnastics. And we've seen that not to be the case anymore. Yet I think that's still the prevailing idea that like that needing to be light instead of needing to be strong and fueled. Um, I remember the huge difference, both watching Ali Raisman and Alicia Sacramoni going from their first four years to then, then they got a nutritionist involved and like, they looked so much healthier and so much stronger and, um, were, and they were so much stronger. And so like, what are, what's some of the science there? I remember, I remember Allie, like saying something about that. She went into her nutritionist with like a sugar-free candy in her mouth that she was sucking on. And they were like, and they were talking about like, okay, this is, you know, so what are your, some of your thoughts on some of the science behind how few food fuels and where some of the myths have really led us astray in the world of gymnastics. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, that gymnasts need to be small and wafy and light. That is the biggest myth. And I think we're really seeing that um, on the elite scene with grown adults being successful. We see that on the NCAA scene where there is, you know, not, you know, you look at those podiums, there is not one body type out there, right? Everybody looks very different and everybody looks very strong. Um, so I think just seeing that and is, is helpful and getting the science involved, um, for so long. And I think we've, we've seen this more with the cultural shift that the idea of gymnasts needing to be small, that was more to do with the coaches, whether they're easier to manipulate physically in spot or when gymnasts are young and small, they're easier to manipulate mentally and easier to control uh, versus being an adult. Um, so I think that is a lot of where that came from. And then, you know, the nutrition and the food was manipulated to fit into that box. Um, but the reality is that the body relies on energy, right? Every single function of our body requires energy. Um, whether it's just staying alive, even if you were just to sleep in bed for 24 hours, your body still needs like this underlying amount of energy. Um, it's usually referred to as the basal metabolic rate or the BMR. Um, and that's, that's unique for everybody. And it's, it's based off of a lot of varying factors, the biggest one really being genetic based. So again, um, we're never going to be able to change a person to look like somebody that they're not. Um, you're never going to change, um, a Sean Johnson into an osteolucan or an osteolucan into a Sean Johnson and have them be successful. Um, so there's a lot of energy that goes into fueling every single piece of the body. Um, and you can almost think of it like a, a pyramid or like the hierarchy of needs, right? That bottom, that base is having adequate energy to do everything from, right? Keep your heart beating and your brain functioning, your lungs breathing, to keep your bones strong, your muscles strong, your hormones, to keep you growing and developing and changing um, at the rate that your body is supposed to be, right? This all takes energy. Um, so the goal is to meet those energy needs first and foremost. Uh, when those needs are not being met, that's when we see things start to suffer, uh, whether it's overall energy, whether it's performance in the gym, whether it's mental health, whether it's physical health, um, we see things kind of drop off. And I always say this in every talk that I give, uh, if overall energy needs are not being met, that me as a dietitian, right, somebody that's got tons and tons of education and licenses and credentials in the field of nutrition, if you're not eating enough energy overall, nothing else you're going to do is going to have, it's going to make an impact, right? I don't care how many fruits or vegetables you eat, right? I don't care how, you know, quote unquote, clean or healthy you eat or, or if you've cut out sugar or processed food or whatever the diet fat of the week is, 
or what supplements you take, right? None of that is going to have the intended effect if you're not eating enough. Um, that's when we start to see things, like I said, physical health suffer, mental health suffer, hormones seem to drop off, um, bone health is compromised, mental health is compromised when they're not eating enough. Um, so that is probably the most important. Um, once we make sure energy needs are met, then we can start to dig a little bit deeper into the macronutrients and the micronutrients and the timing and, and the superfoods and, you know, maybe the supplements, if, you know, that's a priority or, or is going to make a, a, a difference. And we can, you know, talk about how the body needs energy, um, whether it's stored up or for immediate use for training, whether we've got enough protein for muscle building and muscle, muscle synthesis, we've got enough of the vitamins and minerals that our body needs to keep bones and tissues healthy um, and support recovery and all of those things. Right? There's a lot going on, but it all circles back to enough energy. And the thing is, the vast majority of gymnasts are not even at the base, right? They're so concerned with, should I be taking this protein powder? What vitamins do I need? Should I do this green powder or this green shake? When the reality is, um, I've seen this, I've read these stats in the literature and I've seen it in my practice, uh, something around three quarters of high level competitive gymnasts are under fueled by at least 25%. Um, so that I, I kind of, I know I circled a lot around here, but, um, that's probably the most important thing. Um, and once we kind of get the energy needs up, so many things start to change. Um, and the biggest, and the one that I focus the most on with gymnasts is really how they're feeling. So I call it biofeedback. And I ask a lot of questions like, you know, how is your energy during the day, during school, during training, throughout the week? How has gym been going? Like, do you feel like you're getting stronger? Like you're making progress, like your endurance is getting better. Your routines are getting easier. Skills are getting easier. Um, what about your focus, like your mental space? How is that kind of happening and working for you in the gym? Uh, how are you sleeping? How is your focus? How is your mood? Like all these sorts of things are they vastly improve. Um, I, you know, for, for young athletes, I usually ask them, you know, rate on a scale of one to 10, how these things are. And a lot of times when they come to me, they're saying, you know, all my energy, you know, it's a four or a five, you know, gym is tough. Um, I have a lot of mental blocks. It's, it's frustrating. Um, it's hard to get through a four hour practice. I leave in tears. Um, I'm just so sore. I'm so exhausted. And just by getting their energy needs up, you know, 20, 30% without even digging into the specifics, you start to see, oh, you know, my routines are getting easier. My skills are getting better. Um, I have, I have the mental space to process corrections and, you know, not just get frustrated or be able to process through a mental block and work through a mental block, uh, because my brain has the fuel that it needs and my body has the fuel that it needs. Um, so I think we're starting to see that in the past gymnasts that were successful and fitting that model, they were probably successful in spite of everything, not because of what they were doing versus the gymnasts that are now really thriving. They're seeing more longevity. They're having fewer injuries. Um, especially chronic injuries like stress fractures and, and things like that. Um, they're happier, they're overall healthier people. So I think we're starting to see that change. We lost, you're muted, Stacy. <laughs> I've got a crazy puppy here who's getting into everything. Um, I said it's been a long time coming really helpful. I know that, you know, every person is different and you probably can't, I don't even know if you could answer this, but even for a, a gymnastics coach, I mean, or a parent, 
like what's even a, so you had said like so many are under fueled, like what's a baseline? How do you even have an idea if your gymnast is even close to being currently fueled asking those questions? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a well-rounded picture. It's not, you know, as a parent or as a gymnast, you never need to sit down and, and count the calories or anything like that. Um, that's really not going to give you a great picture, but like I said, um, things like, you know, keying in on your energy. How are you feeling? Um, do you have a long injury history? Are you somebody who's got a broken, a new broken bone or a new major injury every six months? Um, or have you kind of fallen off your growth chart with your doctor, uh, for female athletes? Are you hitting the, the puberty and the developmental milestones, uh, in kind of an age appropriate way, uh, even for gymnasts. And I, I know that's something that's kind of been talked about a lot, but gymnasts, just like any other female, if you're not starting in period by 15, like that's a, a big sign that you're not fueled and you haven't been for some time. Um, so things like that are, are ways to kind of focus in on. Um, and then of course, some of the basics. So if you're, if you're not eating regular meals and snacks, uh, most gymnasts need to be eating at a minimum three meals and at least two snacks a day. Um, many gymnasts eat more, more than that. Um, and looking at, you know, what are they putting on their plate? Are they getting a variety of foods from different food groups? Um, there's a model that I like to use. Um, it's kind of based off of, you know, the traditional American, my plate, but it was adapted for athletes. So an athlete's plate, uh, has three or four components on it at most meals and snacks. So it's going to have a grain or starch food. It's going to have a protein food. It's going to have something colorful like a fruit or vegetable, and it's going to have um, some form of fats on the plate. So if that, if you kind of think about, you know, most of your meals, are we kind of hitting that? Are our meals very, you know, one-sided? Are we eating a big bowl of fruit for breakfast and nothing else? Are we coming home from the gym and only eating chicken and broccoli and nothing else? Or, you know, are we just eating, you know, a big bowl of pasta and nothing else? Or is it, is it well-rounded? Um, I have a quiz up. I put it up in my Instagram often and it's, you know, not, su not super validated, but it, it asks a lot of these questions um, to help see how you're kind of doing and how you're thinking. Um, and how you're feeling really. Um, so if you're, if, if you're noticing either from the nutrition side of things that, you know, your gymnast only eats once or twice a day, or they're going really long gaps without eating, or they're, you know, stuck on certain food groups, or they restrict certain food groups for whatever reason, um, or you just notice their energy's tanked, they're, not making progress in the gym. They're always sore. They're always injured. Um, they have terrible mood swings, you know, more so than we could expect from a, a child or a teenager, but, uh, even something like the one that most people pick up on is hanger. Um, if you notice that often, right, these are all signs that it's probably time to take the next step. Yeah. I think it's interesting because even as a non-athlete, like I can relate to so many, I mean, I was an athlete and I still, I lift weight. My background is strength and conditioning. So, and that's where I met my husband. And so like, literally we're kind of weight room bros, but, <laughs> but it's crazy because, um, I, I mean, I'm someone who loves nutrition and a sense of like, I just, I love the science base of what's happening in my body. Cause I'm a big nerd. And, um, everything you're saying is so much like connecting to like how that feels. And I just like want to express as someone who has gone through a lot of this. Um, I'm someone who has Modi diabetes. And so I struggled with blood sugar levels, even as like a competitive high level gymnast. And, um, I went to doctors and not specialists and they would literally just be like, Oh, just, you just need to lose a little weight and exercise more. And I was like, I'm a college gymnast and I, uh, like, I don't know what else to do. And they're like, well, just eat like less bread and stuff. And I'd be like, I'm gluten-free. Like I literally have like celiac, like 
And they'd be like, I guess eat less rice and potatoes, which is like literally the only thing fueling me. And so I was the hangry thing hit me on a whole new level. Like that was like my MO. Everybody knew I was hangry because mm-hmm. I, I just didn't have these things. And I finally got help from like a real dietitian, uh, post gymnastics. And I, you know, started learning how my body works, which is one way different than a lot of my friends because my genetics are different. So that was like really interesting. And I'm like, don't really drink coffee anymore. And I have all this energy and I don't have cravings and I don't have like, and it's unreal. I don't feel like I, my cleanness, like I felt like I ate cleaner and I was like, I'm so healthy. Why can't I like, I do this. And like, so all these things are just so relatable. And so like, if you are noticing, like realize that like not every doctor too knows is specifically the information and like has that, uh, knowledge. Like you got to find a dietitian, and like listen to your body. Cause I never would yeah. have changed, made those changes on my own. Yeah. And 100%. Um, and I think like for so often and for, for gymnasts too, like you said, like for the doctor, they, they said like, Oh, maybe you just need to lose a few pounds or, or eat cleaner, or cut food out. Uh, so often for our gymnasts, Right. If, if they feel like that weight or body composition is an issue more often than not, it's under fueling. Um, and, and as contradictory as that might sound, um, it's a survival mechanism of the body. So mm-hmm. if you're chronically, and you know, this doesn't happen after one day or anything like that, but if you're like chronically underfueled, overtrained, it puts the body into a, a stress response. Um, and when our bodies are stressed and they're worried about, you know, breaking even and having enough fuel to support not just your body's basic needs, but the extreme energy demands of training, you know, four hours a day, five hours a day, 20 hours a week, plus recovery, plus if you're lifting and cardio, like everything that a gymnast is doing. That that's a huge amount of energy that the body needs. And if it's chronically not getting it, it's going to do something about it. So often what we see, and especially with females, is that instead of, you know, thinking, you know, eat less, I'm going to just get really skinny. Often that's a response for the body to store, store energy. Um, because it gets into this cycle of, okay, she's going to do four hours of gymnastics and, and I'm going to need all this extra energy and she's not giving it to me in the way that I want it. So I need to make sure I've got something to pull from. So instead, right next time you do go and eat a major meal, instead of being able to use right, all that food 100% and fuel your workout and fuel your recovery, body's going to say, you know what, I'm going to take 10%. I'm going to take 20% and I'm going to hold on to it for later. Um, so, right, cutting back even more is often going to make it worse, right? You even hear it in the general public when it's like, I can't physically be eating less, but I'm gaining weight or I'm stuck. Um, and honestly, it usually you have to eat more um, because when the body is fueled 100%, right, and you're meeting your energy needs, you're meeting your macronutrient needs, the carbohydrates, the proteins, the fats. You're getting all the vitamins and the minerals and the fiber and, and everything else amazing that we get from food, right? I always think of it like a giant checklist, right? We're regularly checking off these boxes. The body feels safe. And that's when we kind of meet that, I'm going to say optimal body composition um, and not saying that that's a specific number or a specific space for any gymnast, um, but you're going to reach that personal optimal place for you, where you are feeling the best physically, you're feeling the best mentally, you're doing your best gymnastics, right? That's what happens when you fuel 100%. Um, for so often, right? Gymnasts, they freak out because that number on the scale is different than they expect. Like I myself know as a college gymnast, when I was doing the best gymnastics, right? What I would say like fitness wise was in the best place in my life. Right, that number on the scale was the highest it's ever been in my entire life. Um, mm-hmm. And 
I think that's so contrary to what we've been told, but at that point, right, your, your body is going to find that spot where it works the best. Um, and if right, losing weight or trying to lose that last five pounds puts, puts you in any sort of deficit, whether it's like, um, not, not I'm saying like calorie deficit, like, um, you start to notice your energy tank or you notice your endurance tanks or you're struggling mentally, or you notice even like it turns a little bit disordered food wise, whether it's like restrictive thoughts, guilty, you know, feeling guilty, um, or some, even, even a, a restricted binge cycle, which is very, very common when high level athletes try to cut back on calories or energy, um, that's going to always do way more damage than having right, a little more body mass on you, even in the gym, right? Even with the, the hard landings and the amount of force in gymnastics, right? That's that restriction. And that, that place of a deficit is going to always be more detrimental to you as a person. And as an athlete, than right. That those last five pounds ever would, or that cookie ever would. Yeah, we do a lot of work on, um, we, we never give, uh, food advice. Like that is not like our expertise, but we do do work on like, what does that number on the scale mean in a way of like, it's a number and you get to choose what that means. And so like for you, like that number is highest in you. I mean, to you, that means that you were at your very best physically in gymnastics. And that's like amazing but you could also make it mean something else. Right. And so being able to manage your mind around that scale and what those numbers mean to you is like one of those really important pieces around like allowing you to tap into that physical feeling, right? Like when you can get rid of all the drama of like what the number actually means, that's when you can start feeling like, oh, I do have more energy. Oh, I am stronger. Or, oh no, maybe I am more tired because we're not so caught up in the drama of that scale. So I, I really love that you brought that up. Okay. I have one question. So for athletes that you've worked with, um, when they're kind of in a place where they're starting to, uh, feel like they know how to fuel for themselves at best, what kind of uh, changes have you seen in their confidence and maybe themselves and their gymnastics? Yeah, this is huge um, because like I said, gymnasts that are well-fueled, they tend to be happier, they tend to be healthier and they tend to be higher performing. Um, so for a lot of gymnasts, just having the energy means that they can take the quality turns and the, the quantity of turns that they want in the gym, right? So that in turn means that they're getting the numbers in and they're, they're getting right quality turns in, in practice, which is setting them up for success in the future, right? Knowing that they can do these skills, right? Knowing that their routines are getting easier or they're getting easy for them to do is huge. Um, I even had a gymnast that, um, we weren't even at a, an amazing place yet, but we had just added a little bit more in and done a little bit of performance nutrition. And she basically was like, I'm making so much more progress on learning new skills because I don't just feel like I'm going to die every time I have to go. Like I physically feel strong enough. Like my body is capable of holding me up and doing these skills. Um, so that in itself is huge. Um, I had another gymnast who really, really struggled and struggles with mental blocks. Um, and you know, she's doing a lot of work with mental training as well, but we kind of took a lot of it back to, okay, we were under fueled. We were going into practice on an empty tank and right. We weren't able to be super focused on what we needed or what we needed to be doing that day, our brain was distracted and it showed up as a mental block. And as soon as it showed up because we were hungry, it turned into tears. It turned into frustration. And once that happens, right, you don't get anything done, right? Once you're, once you're in that place, right, you're there, you're, there's no coming back from that, but just by being fueled, she was able to process more you know, be focused, be able to take corrections, you know, if something wasn't working, be able to vocalize 
what she needed and be okay working through that, right? Even if she was a little bit frustrated, it didn't spiral into a, you know, into full tears. Um, and and her mom even said to me, like leaving the gym, she's been leaving the gym much happier, right? There are way fewer days that she's coming out in tears. So I think that in itself is just a huge confidence boost. Yeah. Um, and another piece of this, I think for so many gymnasts is the the lack of confidence comes with guessing. So I don't know if I'm doing everything right for my body. You know, I don't love the way I look, which a lot of times goes along with being a teenager, but, you know, trying to manipulate what they're eating in hopes that it'll change how they look, um, at which point, you know, it doesn't work and they feel shameful or they feel upset or guilty or, or bad about themselves because they tried this unsustainable thing that clearly wasn't going to work for them or was, was not reasonable or realistic for them. So it kind of turns into this cycle of like the should cycle, right? I should be doing this, but I'm not, or I need to be doing this, but I can't, it doesn't work for me. Um, and when you have that education and knowing, right, I, this is my plan that we've built for me and my needs and my body and my gymnastics uh, it's easier to block out the noise, right? Even if a teammate is doing something, it's like, well, okay, you do you, but I know this works for me. So um, it kind of just frees up the mental space for that, if that makes sense. Totally. I mean, I think just as a human, when I'm feeling hungry, like I, I don't focus on other things. And it is interesting where you said about the hangry. I'm like, Oh, I noticed that a lot more in my life lately. Wonder if I need to address my fueling, but like, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, you think even as adults, as coaches, as parents, how you feel when you're hungry and then think about feeling that way, knowing you've got four hours of hard workout ahead of you. Um, but that you shouldn't eat or you can't eat because you just didn't get home in time to get a good snack or whatever. Um, yeah, just day in, day out, that takes such a toll. And it does take a toll on the emotional, takes a toll on the mental. And it is a full, well-rounded picture. I mean, there's lots of times I've had gymnasts talk about, oh, I had such a bad day at practice or I had such a bad meet and, you know, trying to analyze their mental. And I was like, it actually sounds like you were in a pretty good mental space. Like, did you get enough sleep the night before? Did you eat breakfast? Did you like, were you, you know, hey, were you fueled? And they're like, oh yeah, no, we didn't have time for breakfast. And I, I you, like, we had to travel to get to the meet. And so I didn't sleep well in the hotel. And then we got up late. We didn't have time for breakfast. And, and I'm like, well, that probably had more to do with it than anything else, you know, mm -hmm. so being able to really look at that big picture. And one of the things that I want to say going both ways is that one of the things we've worked a lot on the last month, for those of you who are regular listeners, is just this idea of believing something new. And I think with something like nutrition and the incredible depth that is in the gymnastics world about how we think about food and fueling, the first step to creating a new belief is just, oh, I noticed that I'm thinking or it's possible that I'm wrong. And so, you know, oh, I noticed that I'm thinking my gymnast should be light. Oh, I've noticed that I'm thinking that they should need that cookie. It's possible that I'm wrong, that eating pizza every Friday is, is not healthy for my gymnast. Like just being able to begin to allow the idea that the minds, I mean, we learned as coaches, all that we know about nutrition from other people who didn't know about nutrition. And we've learned so much since then. And so there's so much that we are actually wrong about in life <laughs> because mm -hmm. we learn it, you know, we learn it as little kids, we take in information and then we use that information as the way things are for the rest of our lives. And so just, if you hear anything else from this conversation and, and you're like, I, I really do want to begin to help my athletes be fueled, but I also have a lot of like ingrained in-depth beliefs around food, just start telling your brain, it's possible that I'm wrong and start looking for um, evidence of 
how having more energy and being more fueled might be the actual solution for your gymnast. And so um, yeah. the, the mindset work that we do on changing a belief, you can completely apply to this area of changing our beliefs about what it means to be fueled and what it means to fuel properly in the world of gymnastics to get on board with and coincide with the more current knowledge about nutrition um, than maybe we knew when we were growing up. Yeah, I think one thing that goes along with that and a question that I, I like to ask, whether it's gymnasts that are resistant, parents that are unsure or, or feel or coaches or anyone that feels like uh, what I'm saying does contradict their preconceived beliefs is, okay, where have we gotten? Like, would you say what you are currently doing is working? Yeah. Right. And, and again, like going off of those questions that I, I asked before. So like, how is your energy? Do you think being a gymnast, just a high level gymnast means you're just, you have to be tired all the time. Your body is going to be sore. Injuries are par for the course. Um, this, this mental strain around food is par for the course that you're not allowed to eat certain things, right? Asking yourself these questions, right? Where has it gotten you, right? Are you where you want to be in the gym? Is something holding you back? Right? What would be different if you had more energy or if you spent less time sidelined for injury, or uh, even if you had, like I had one gymnast that um, for some reason, their practices, they vaulted last every single day at the end of a six hour practice. And she was exhausted by then and vault was her worst event. And she was struggling to get the upgrade that she really wanted. Um, and it's like, okay, well, is what you're doing working? What if we try? Think of it as an experiment. Don't don't go into it with a with any sort of expectation, but think of it as an experiment. Right? If it doesn't work, okay, right? You didn't you didn't lose anything by trying. Um, and so you know, with this with this girl, she was like, okay, let's let's try um, implementing a different type of pre mid workout snack. And she came back to me two weeks later and was like, I got the upgrade. She was like, just in in two weeks of having a little bit more energy for that second half, right? It worked. So just, just thinking about like, could things be better, right? Are you, are you just stuck in a place of thinking that this is the best it's going to be or, or how it has to be? Are you where you want to be? Is it working? And if not, right, why not try something new? If it doesn't work and you don't like it, go back. Right? Nobody, nobody says you have to you have to do everything forever, but, um, what do you, what are you going to lose at this point? I think that's one of our favorite emotions to help gymnasts get to curiosity. What if, what if we approached this with curiosity and the, and we did a science experiment and it definitely is more fun for them too, because then there's less of a fear of failure of it too. It's more like, right. You don't do an science experiment thinking like, what if I, what if this fails, you do it being like, Oh, I wonder what happens. And so uh, that's a huge mindset shift that can be just so helpful to get them to be more just like willing to make the change. Yeah. And then from there being able to make decisions, more helpful mm -hmm. decisions about what's helpful for them and what's not. So, and, and for so often with food and nutrition, we feel like right, if the diet doesn't work for us, that we're the failure. When in reality, you're not, you're not the failure, right? When I, I set goals with clients, I'm almost more interested in what didn't work, right? We always talk about the wins and what went well and what they were really proud of. Um, but I'm always interested too in what didn't work. What intention did we set that didn't work? Okay, let's dig a little deeper. Was that plan A? Let's come up with plan B. Let's try, let's try plan C. Right? Let's get to a place where it works for you, right? I want, I want you to find something that's going to work because so often with nutrition, I've, I see such blanket recommendations, meal plans, things like that. And right, they work until they don't. And yeah. then you're back at square one. When if you've, if you've got this framework or this blueprint or this idea of like, okay, I need to have dinner after practice and it's got to have these four things on the plate, right? I don't care what they are. 
as a dietitian, I'm never going to tell you, you have to eat or you can't eat anything, right? Whatever your family makes for dinner, whatever your favorite foods are, right? How do we fit them in? And how do we kind of round that out? Because that's, that's going to be successful for you, right? Figuring it out and, and what's going to work in your life. And then that's what we're able to do consistently. Right? If it feels difficult and it's something that takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, but gymnasts, parents, families, they don't, they don't have that, you know, it's, it's going to fall off and we're just going to be back at square one. And, you know, as a dietitian, my goal is not to, you don't need, I don't want you to have to see me forever. Right? I want you to understand the basics and understand different strategies and think critically about how you're feeling and what you're doing and be able to notice when things are working and when things are not. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I hope we have more in the future. I'm sure we will, but um, tell us how our listeners can find you. Absolutely. So I am on social media as the gymnast RD. Uh, so you can find me there on, I'm mostly on Instagram and I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, occasionally on TikTok, but not always. Um, I have also a, a Facebook group for parents and coaches. Uh, so that's a free community where we talk a lot about fueling. We share a lot of recipes. We share a lot of strategies in there. Uh, so that's a great place. Um, and then my website is foodforfuelrd.com. Awesome. And all those are going to be uh, down in the show notes. I have, I have all the links to add for you. So go hunt her down. She's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing with us. This has really been great. Yeah. Thank uh, you guys so much. We're going to come back and continue to talk about competing with confidence. So we'll see you guys then. Bye everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We believe that you've got this, but we would love to help you and your gymnasts have productive practices and confident competitions. We know you need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created a program with short, effective lessons and coaching that you and your gymnasts can fit between practice and the rest of life. We coach gymnasts and their parents and coaches in the mental and emotional health tools they need to create an environment for gymnasts to thrive. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your gym or your gymnast success, their mind. Check us out at gymnasticsmindsetacademy.com. Let's do this.